you are now locked in and listening to The Issue. This guy is a franchise quarterback, and no, I don't want to hear any pushback on that. It, it feels like a top 10 roster to me. It feels like it can win a championship. This is The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is Thursday, October 6th. Uh, great episode coming up for you guys today. Good to have you with us. And it is going to be our first, we are unveiling our very first power rankings of the year. Uh, four weeks in, about a quarter of the way through the season. Right. We do it about four times a year. And we, we yep. release our top 10 teams. And we have 14 on here, actually. We're going to discuss kind of 11, 12, 13, and 14, how they're close, how they're top half of the league but not top 10 yet. Right, um, right. You know, we do it every four weeks because so much, you know, the 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 weeks are crazy, but the years are, are consistent, yeah. right? Um, and so being able to take a snapshot of the four weeks instead of just week to week um, makes it a little bit easier, and, and it actually gives you a holistic view of the team, not just they had a bad matchup on the road. Right. Right, a lot of people thought Jacksonville – they're, they're, they're going to knock them for losing at Philly in the rain. Like, oh, okay, it happens. You have a young quarterback who, in the rain, it's gonna happen. fumbled a couple times. It's going to happen. I mean, yeah, okay. So it um, is what it is. On the road at the, probably the best team in the league right now. So, yeah. you know, it's nice to take a, a four-week snapshot as opposed to just reactionary week by week. Right. Overall, though, structure of the show will stay the same. We have Tim's rant to start the show. Uh, we will have hits and misses to round out the first segment. And then in the second segment, that's where we're going to get into everything. We're going to review week four. Uh, kind of the bigger games from that. And then we're going to go into our power rankings, the top 10 teams. And then in the third segment, we will have all of our week five predictions and bets on a budget, of course, five lines to hopefully win you some money this week. Um, yeah, tough. We will be bouncing back once again. <laughs> well, hey, I, I have faith in us. Also, we got a little bit, we got a little shafted there. We had a couple bad beats. Oh, man. Um, Houston. Well, they were up like what twenty one three or something. Or no, they were they were down. Then they came all the way back. They came all the way back. I and got they nervous were right because there, that was the tiebreaker. And they had it, and then of course they lost it. And especially because yeah, especially because the, the Niners tiebreaker. ended up winning, right? And so right, yeah, because I picked the Niners, you I picked know. the Rams, we right? Split, and, so, and, I, and the tiebreaker is what it came down to. And they screw me every time, right? So, but despite that, <laughs> as you might know, I, we're frequently correct, right? We like this job. We're we're pretty good at, at watching sports, analyzing trends, and making. Decent predictions, right? It's kind of what we do as a show, and we're able to look over, you know, all the stuff that we have gotten right, wrong, all that type, all that type of stuff, right? And there's certainly sometimes I'm wrong, I'm right more often, but there's times I'm wrong. I think we saw a lot of both this weekend, right? For example, I was wrong on Jalen Hurts. I remember at one point even saying I think Gardner Minshew, I think this was last year, is going to start long term with Jalen Hurts. I actually said that. Clearly, that's not the case. Right? I remember saying that two was going to be better than Joe Burrow at one point, and then like right before the draft. I said, actually, hold up. Two is kind of small, undersized, right? I still don't think he's fantastic, but, I mean, Joe Burrow's definitely better. And then I at one point said, two is going to – I completely flipped. I said, two is not going to be very good. Well, he's, he's actually somewhere in the middle, right? So I've been wrong on all that. But I have some triumphs. I have some, I have some W's in this, in this category, right? One being Jimmy Garoppolo. I've been very bullish on Jimmy G for, for a while. Right? I said he wins. At the end of the day – all that matters is he goes out there and he wins almost 70% of his games. Is it pretty? No, not really. Can be, but most of the time, no. Same thing with Lamar. Lamar looks different. He runs around a lot more than we're used to. He zigs, he zags. He doesn't really have to throw the most beautiful ball, but it gets to where it needs to go. 
He wins like 70% of his game. Brenner said that about him. And then the other one and the most resounding person that I am right about is Baker Mayfield. We're back to it. I, I don't talk a lot about him as much anymore because, quite frankly, he's not very good. He's not very interesting, and the team sucks. Nobody really cares about Carolina. I mean, like, actually nobody. Clemson is 100% a more popular football program in that region. I think South Carolina would give them a run for their money in that region. I mean, seriously, nobody cares about Carolina, myself included. But every now and then it's nice to just kind of shower in my in my greatness at this point. I said this from almost the day he walked into the league. He's not very big and he's not very athletic. He's kind of arrogant. And I agree that he's tough, you know. Right? Nobody denies he's tough, playing hurt, all that. Throws a decent decent football at times. Somewhat likable occasionally. I found him rooting for him in week one against the Browns. Never thought I'd say that, but it's true. But in the locker room, in between the white lines, he doesn't have what it takes. He doesn't have the emotional toughness to deal with being a franchise quarterback. He doesn't. And he doesn't have the skill to overcome issues. Right? Oh, you have a problem with the medical staff. Let's go on national television at my press conference and rip them in public. Dude, what are you thinking? Oh, I, you know, I don't love that we called this play in the first quarter. Let's go rip my coach at a press conference. Like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, what, what actually crossed your head to get there? And he ruined the best situation he's ever had. Shockingly, with the Cleveland Browns. I never thought I'd say that the best situation someone could have was playing for the Cleveland Browns, but it's true. At one point, he had a top, off, top five offensive line. I'd argue even closer to top three. A top three, maybe even best running back tandem in the league a coach of the year, two Pro Bowl wide receivers, two good tight ends, a top five pass rusher, a top ten secondary. I mean, you gave Jared Goff less than that, and he got to a Super Bowl. Baker won one singular playoff game. One. One. And to be fair, his defense gave him, what, three touchdowns that game? Yeah, two or three. A short field a couple times as well. I mean, you, you could have threw Tim Tebow out there, he probably would have won. Right, and Jared Goff, notice how he's doing significantly better at his second stop, which, by the way, is in Detroit, people. It's in Detroit. Right, the Lions, who have been arguably even worse than Cleveland over the last, I don't know, forever, since they've been founded, basically. Look, Baker's always been a bum. I'm not pulling any punches here. I'm not. I want all of his little fanboys to hear it. He's not good. He's done, point blank. Like, this is it. If he makes it through the season as a starter, I will be astonished he will not get another starting job. It won't happen. If you ask yourself tomorrow, who would you rather have, Kyle Allen, Taylor Heineke, or Baker Mayfield to start for my football team? Baker, if you did the little bench start cut game, Baker is getting cut every day of the week. It's not even close. It's not even, it's not even an argument. Right? I want everybody in those comments and every Baker post we've ever put, you know, put out there, go pound sand. How's it feel now? Really, how's it feel? Now that Baker's in a real NFL situation with an average offensive line, average weapons, an eh coach that we don't know about. You know who else had that? Who had, who had an eh coach and, and an average, actually terrible offensive line? Not very good defense. Decent weapons. Probably, probably better than decent, but still. Joe Burrow. Got to the Super Bowl. It's fine. Same division. Just saying. I mean, this is the performance that you get because this is what Baker is. He's an absolute bum. He's, he's done. He's done. And I... Have never really rooted for somebody's downfall, but for the sake of Baker's fans, I can't wait for him to never start a game in the NFL again, and I don't have to talk about him because I'm so sick and tired of talking about how mediocre and how bad he has been. Thank you. That is it. It feels good. To, oh, it feels to, fantastic. To um, 
kind of revive the the Baker hate a little bit. It, we've taken a slight break from it. He, he, as you mentioned, has kind of died out a little bit since he moved down to kind of boring. Nobody really cares about uh, you know Carolina. So it, it feels good to kind of you know get the energy back up in the room with with the Baker Mayfield topic. Um, no, but I, I don't see him really ever starting again. People forget how good he had it in Cleveland, and I think that's like the biggest misprojection in the world because they look at him. Oh well, you know he did this in Cleveland. He was able to win a playoff game here. Yeah, he was able to win a playoff game with one of the best rosters in football that he couldn't even elevate. Put any other quarterback in that system, I bet you Cleveland probably has a Super Bowl. If you could find at least a competent quarterback that knew how to win, like you put a Joe Burrow in Cleveland. You kidding me? They blow the Rams out. Yeah. <laughs> they don't well, lose to the Rams. Well, people thought it was crazy, right? So Wentz was looking for a spot. Baker was looking for a spot this past offseason. And, and when Wentz got picked up by Washington, I said, yeah. yeah I mean, Wentz has his flaws, but he, he's a good dude. He's got the yeah. talent, right? Everyone, oh, Baker's way better. Like, no, this is, this is kind of how it goes, yeah. right? This is kind of how it goes. Uh, there are a lot of Baker fanboys in the comments. I mean, uh, they've been quiet recently, though. They have quieted down a, a tad. I mean, like, if you need to hear anything else, just just go throughout the league and look at some teams that are choosing to go with quarterbacks instead of Baker, right? Geno Smith, Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, like teams that were interested at least well, a little I bit. I guess Justin Fields is young, so, you know, you're going to give him a shot. Um well, Mac Jones, but I, look, there's like I I had three or four teams, um, kind of going blank here, but I had like three or four teams where it's like they're choosing to go with like an old Matt Ryan. You can't tell me that Baker's not better than an old Matt Ryan because yeah. I think he is. Yeah, from a pure talent standpoint, but he never shows up. Or like or in Atlanta with Atlanta, Marcus yeah, Marcus Mariota. That's a perfect one. I was that that's exactly what I was thinking of. Right, like those are the things. Ask yourself right now, do we really think Baker's worse than them? No. But those teams actually said, mm, I'll pass. Thanks, though. Like, that says a lot more about Baker. And took the less talented I, guy I think. to avoid some of the, the mess and the drama that comes with Baker. Yep. All right. Anyway, that was kind of just a little bit of a hit there. Let's get into hits and misses, uh, the full thing here. Three hits, three misses for you. All right. So, hit number one. It's been pretty public knowledge and something that's kind of been preached on here as well. That the Dolphins aren't a well-run organization by any stretch of the imagination. Since, yeah. I mean, Dan Marino, they have had almost no success. And I'm not a huge fan of Tua alone as a talent. I don't think he's very big. Um, he's not. He doesn't have a really big arm. He's a little bit smaller, not super athletic, right? But he's certainly good and he's capable. But I don't think he can overcome the Dolphins' dysfunction. We've seen it with, I mean, their owners getting sued, their owners suspended. Yeah. Who knows what their, you know, what they did about the whole concussion thing? So it's a it's a poorly run organization, and we've been seeing that a lot recently. Yeah, um, and it is kind of concerning uh, with. The whole Tua situation, right? Oh, I mean, it's terrible. Y- you see him the week before get shoved, back of his head hits the turf pretty hard with some force for sure. Um, and I mean, he looked like he just had couldn't uh, walk. He just looked like he had a twelve pack and stumbled yeah. out of the local bar. That's exactly. And, <laughs> and I was like watching exactly this thing. I'm like, like, did did he go to the Hard Rock Cafe before this hit? That's what it looked like. And I'm like, you can't look at this and say that he's okay or like mentally all right right now. And then I can't believe he went back in the game. I'm just alright, he's okay. When he was laying there and he looked Whenever paralyzed he, for a second. Yes, yeah, his hands were like fencing or whatever yeah. they call it. But well, uh just glad he's alright. Yeah, it wasn't a very good sight. He shouldn't have been playing and shouldn't have even played the rest of the, the Buffalo game. Definitely should not have played on Thursday night, but whatever. The Dolphins suck. Whatever. <laughs> it fires me up. 
All right, miss number one. Uh, we picked the Broncos for, I think, second in their division and to be a playoff team. I think the fifth yeah. seed, I want to say. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure they'll even have a winning record. I mean, this team, they're disorganized. And in so far, I think you could say it's been an abject disaster. Here's the good news. They're only 2-2, two and two, and it's been disastrous, and they still are at, at 500, right? They're not 0-4. I mean... They're not, know, they're not 1-3. It just... It could be worse, but, I mean... It's just not. It's not a Russell Wilson problem. He had like 120 pass rating on no. Sunday. Yeah, he picked up 12 first downs. Really, it's, really bad on third down. It's it's just another one of those things. Like, do you trust the Denver Broncos overall as an organization? I mean, outside of the Peyton Manning year. Yeah, outside years. of like renting Peyton Manning for a couple years and and getting a victory. I mean, John Elway, but that's the. I think John Elway is the only time that they've actually had a sustained amount of success. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. All right, hit number two. Uh, I've said this for the last, I don't know, probably a year or so, but the Colts' struggles are far from a quarterback issue. Carson Wentz couldn't get it done. I get it. Neither could Phillip Rivers. Neither could Matt Ryan. Neither could jo- Jacoby Brissett. I mean, it was so bad, Andrew Luck retired way early. After, like, what, seven years he retired because it was so bad. Um, this is an owner issue. Jim Irsay loves to point fingers, loves to blame Wentz and Matt Ryan. And it, First of all, it's time to look at your coach. Because I don't think he's very clever, and I don't think he's understanding the urgency um, of the offensive side. I, I get he's an offensive coach, right? He liked Carson Wentz, went out and got Carson Wentz, but you got to make it work, and he didn't. It's time to start looking at yourself, though. Jim Irsay has been chasing every good quarterback out of town. It's time to look for him to look at himself in the mirror. It's also time for them to look for some weapons. I mean, they have nobody to catch oh, the football. God. Their defense and their secondary is really bad. Safeties are... They don't even look like they're there half of the time. Yeah, the safeties um, are bad. They, they're, their front seven is decent. It's the only it, it's the only redeeming thing. I think they're... It's all right, but I, mean, I think their trenches are the only redeeming qualities. Yeah, but they're going to get thrown over the top of every single time anyway. Because, yeah, the defensive line is pretty good. But, I mean, still, they're giving quarterbacks a lot of time to throw the ball. Yeah, they are. Um... And just overall, it doesn't look great. They need the, the biggest thing, need number one in the draft, a receiver, number, yeah. a number one. And I, I think Michael Pittman's good. I think Michael Pittman is a low-end one, high-end two wide receiver. But if but, that's all you got, that's yeah, all you got. Right, you need more. You need more. Miss number two, <laughs> we did not think that the Cowboys would be this, dare I say, good without Dak. Now, granted, they haven't been, you know, lighting the world on fire with points here. They're beating some teams. And, you know, sure. in some pretty boring fashion, running the ball, you know, very safe throws. But for they're showing competence. But that's how you have to win with a backup quarterback. And, I mean... So does this does this prove Dak's worth, or does this kind of hurt Dak's worth? No, no, this bit? hurts Dak's worth. Exactly, because now this shows the organization that they have somebody else that can get it done who's really not even that talented. I, I said, I think about 50% of Dak's contract is that he's a grown-up in the room. I mean, really. I mean, I think he says the right thing at the podium. He's a he's a pretty good leader. I'll give him that. Yeah. I think he's a good leader emotionally. Yeah. But I mean, between the light, white lines, I don't think Dak is worth any more than twenty twenty two million a year. I mean, that's you they, know that's, they way overpaid for him. Yeah. Like I would pay him tomorrow what I would pay Jared Goff, which I mean they're paying him way too much money, right? I paid so there's like a class of quarterbacks: Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott. I'd pay them all about twenty-two to twenty-seven million a year. Yeah. Anything more than that, I'm getting really uncomfortable because um, they're not in that next class. I, you know, like Ryan Tannehill, I'd probably pay somewhere on the lower end of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, they're paying him forty-five, so that, that it's that's ridiculous. the problem, right? So at that price, do I think Dak is that good? No, I don't. I think uh, Cooper Rush has been done a really, really good job. But I will say it's probably going to go downhill soon. Their schedule toughens up a lot. Yeah, it does. 
Hit number three, Justin Herbert's a dog. He's got that dog in him. He, you know the, the huh. meme with the x-ray and with the dog, you know, with yeah. Justin Herbert and the rib cages there? Justin Herbert's got that dog in him. I mean, injured with a bad offensive line. It's really bad. Um, and just kind of almost seems like a little bit of dysfunction the last week or so with all the with him being hurt. Yeah. He comes out and lights it up. I mean, Some yeah, of those yeah. throws were fantastic. You would yeah. never think that this dude is in that much pain. He's got, what, like four broken ribs, some rib cartilage issues. Yeah. Um, goes out there, goes, what, 27 for 39. Like, he had, like, 360 yards. I, th- I want to say two touchdowns, no picks, like 113 QBR. Insane. And that's that's insane. Um, and I'm not saying that, that Houston's a very good football team, but their defense has playing pretty well. Yeah. That's a top 10 defense so far through the first three weeks of the season. And he pretty much carved them up. No Keenan Allen, no left tackle, cluster injuries on defense. Didn't really matter. You know what Didn't I like? Matter. You know what I like about this? Is it shows the resiliency of Justin Herbert. Yeah. It shows it shows you know who he's not like? Baker. This just proves that he's not like a Baker Mayfield. <laughs> because oh my shoulder. Yeah. Oh, something's hurt. Oh the medical Oh, that's why I didn't play well. Uh with four broken ribs and rib cartilage damage, Justin Herbert goes out and puts on a show, leads his team to victory, and crushes the Texans who were actually making that late push there for a while. Right. Not even late push. They were Kind of hanging in there. Well, somebody that we both like to listen to and that's pretty well revered in this industry, Colin Coward, right? Yeah. He's saying that the great ones are solutions to your problems, right? So the, the great ones don't cause problems for you. They solve the problems that you have. Sure. Right? It's a salary cap league. If you're going to pay them big, you're going to have some problems. Can the star quarterback cover up those problems? For example, Josh Allen on almost every Sunday has to be the leading rusher of Buffalo. Can he do it? Can he solve that problem? Is he the solution to that? Yes, he is. Yeah. Yes, he is. Is Justin Herbert is a problem? Cluster injuries, four broken ribs, a coach that we have no idea if he's really that good or not. He's like 11 and 10 through 21 games. Yeah. Takes a lot no, of risks, doesn't hit on a lot. No, no, he solves that as well. Oh, he right? does. That is a solved, he's, he's a solution to that problem on a lot of Sundays. So yeah. I think this kind Justin of. Justin Herbert, he is that solution. This reinstates kind of our uh, MVP uh, selection because, look, we'll I, know, I, I know Lamar's going crazy, but that injury yeah. kind of scared me a little bit. Now that I'm seeing how he's rebounding from it, I'm not not scared in the slightest. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but uh, the, the my right no, it's unfortunate because there's a lot of bias early in the season, right? Because everyone's really really hyped up, um, and you'd think it'd be the other way around, like right before voting, that's when the bias comes. Though the first like eight weeks proved to be the most important, because then you jump out to a lead, and everyone's like, "Well, can did he did he do enough to dethrone him?" As opposed to you can do a little bit less just to stay on top. Yeah. So once you're on top and like the voters' mind, which Lamar is right now, it's harder to get dethroned from that than it is to catch that top. Right. Guy. But if he put, keeps putting up numbers like this, I hope so. Jay Herb, I mean, and he keeps putting up these types of numbers. I, I like the direction that it's going to go. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, miss number three. <sighs> I fought a two and two in the predictions. I had a two game lead, and I now I've now blown it. Yep. Um, Couple two game winning streaks for us, uh, and you've gone on a two two week winning streak here. You're two and two. I'm two and two. Yep. Week five is going to be pivotal here in our predictions. It will be. I'm Honestly, on... I just I got screwed by a couple bad beats, and uh, I've I've had some bad luck the past two weeks. But you had the bad luck the first two weeks. You've let me. We'll pick hope up it some keeps. Momentum. Yeah, we'll hope it keeps kind of going back and forth, and maybe I can get a win this week. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, nobody really jumped out to that commanding of a lead last year. We kind of kept it close. Yeah, so. yeah, until like the last little bit, you know. But uh, so, were you able to watch Red Zone at the wedding, though? So, so actually, yeah, <laughs> um, I watched Kenny Pickett's first NFL throw get not 
you know, get intercepted because Chase Claypool couldn't catch the ball, can't high point oh. the football, and is yeah. so overrated, and I want him gone, but not to let that, not to let that, you know, affect, affect me, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, I was. So I'm in the, uh, it wasn't in a church, but they were like pew-style seating. Mm-hmm. I was in the pew, and I had it on the, on the, um, on the bench before the wedding. So during the ceremony, right, like whenever the, the, the groomsmen and bridesmaids started walking down, I, I, I put it away. I'm a good person. Good man. Um, but if you think that while I was sitting there waiting for them to get their show on the road that I wasn't watching, you'd be mistaken. I yeah. was for a little bit. Yeah, no, uh, chill with the small talk. There's football on. Yeah, and, right. Uh, I, I woke up. I was able to watch the, the beginning, you know, I guess the end of the London game. Yeah. I woke up at yeah, I watched. Uh, I actually watched the double doink live. That was crazy. Yeah, same, same. Crazy. Absolutely insane. That was. I. I think some of the kicking this year has just been. It's been nuts. Yeah, it's we're, been crazy. We're four weeks in, and it's. I mean, we've it's, it's seen some a, of the weirdest kicking. It's been a crazy NFL season. Uh, one like we've never. I feel like I've never even seen something this. This insane, like I said, the weeks are crazy. The years are kind of more consistent. So yeah, we'll be reviewing it all next, starting in the second segment. Uh, just kind of going all over all the big games, all yeah. the big storylines from Week Four of the NFL. Second segment, we're back Thursday. What the sixth now? Is that right? Uh, yeah, October sixth. I think we got what Indianapolis and uh, and Denver tonight. Is that right? No, yes, something like that. Um, um, not looking forward to that i'm gonna be honest with you i just two really bad offenses like two offenses that i don't even want to watch like i i it's fine like for example i don't think seattle nor detroit are very good football teams i think i think they're okay they they're interesting all right but i could watch that game over and over again 48 45 that's a fun game to watch yeah this is going to be a a very boring game to watch tonight news fest but nonetheless, it's football, and I will always watch football. But uh, now here in the second segment, we'll, we'll review some of the bigger games, right? You know, we got Kenny Pickett coming in, and uh, given he's now given the starter job, so that's that's interesting. We'll talk about that a little bit. The Rams struggles, things like that. Um, then we'll get to our top ten NFL teams the first four weeks in the NFL season. Yeah, it'll be really good. Uh, I mean, we've been saying this every week. The NFL just doesn't disappoint. Um, that was true even from the 9 a.m. game in London where they had double the, the double it. doink yeah, off the off the upright, off the crossbar, and out. Insane. The first time I've ever seen something like that. So so, so the Bears playoff game against, what was that, uh, Seattle maybe? They had a double doink. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, it's that, that's a rare thing. Yeah. That was, um, it was interesting to say the least. So let's talk a little bit about Kenny Pick and the Steelers. They finally made the switch coming out of halftime. Um, start of the third quarter, Kenny Pickett took over the starting job for Mitch Trubisky. First NFL throw was a pick. I don't think it was indicative of him. No. Uh, PFF came out and said he had, he had zero turnover-worthy plays. That basically means it almost corrects for oh, a receiver drops it, it tips up in the air, and the DB gets it, right? Yes. Um, and it's technically a pick on the stat sheet, but in reality, did you make a play that is turnover-worthy? Did you put that ball in harm's way to become an interception. And he didn't of any of his three interceptions. He had the, the Hail Mary, which does, that doesn't count. Yeah, that doesn't count. Uh, the Chase Claypool not being throwing, able to catch a ball. Throwing a, a very catchable jump ball, I would not <laughs> even say 50-50. That's a 70-30 ball for Chase Claypool. He's yeah. 6-4 over a 5-9 corner, and that turns into a pick. And then right through Pat Fryermuth's hands. Although it was a high throw, that's still right through his hands. And it wasn't an insanely tough play. Like, that's a play he makes nine times out of ten. Yeah. He doesn't, again, another tip and a pick. Nobody helped the young quarterback. Uh, I think that's Nobody what it boils down Nobody helped the young quarterback. Um, 
So what do you think? First of all, do you think it's too early? What do you do you think it's the right call? What do you just what's your general feel of the situation? No, I feel like it was time for Pickett. Um I don't like the way it was executed though. I feel like if you're going to bring a young quarterback in and you know you're playing the Jets at home and you know that this might be a spot that you put him in in the second half, um, you know, if Mitch isn't going to get the job done, it will then prepare him a little bit better. He looked unprepared. The offense looked unprepared to have him in. Um, It it just looked a little bumpy, and it was touch and go for a little bit, but I mean, he he looked okay. Um, I I will say, I thought he looked... It'll be interesting. I'm excited to see him start now. I think that's going to be something completely different from what we've seen so far. Yeah, no, he looked like he had some more juice to him. You know what I mean? The legs were moving a little bit more. You could see he had a little more zip on the throws. Yeah. He was more willing to take that big risk, that big chance. He's going to push it down the field. He's going to throw outside the numbers. He's going to throw down the middle. Which I liked. He, there's not a lot of throws that he can't make. Now, are there some absolutely Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes type plays he won't make? Yes. Yeah. But he's going to make almost every throw you need to as a, as a baseline, you know, anywhere from 7 to 10 in the league quarterback, like a Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins. Yeah. That to those type of quarterbacks, Matt Stafford, I think he can make those type of plays. Now, I just hope he doesn't. I mean, the Steelers' schedule starts to pick up a little bit now. You got the Bills so, next, two of their top defense in the league. That's going to be tough. Yeah, I mean, with Kenny going up against a defensive front like that with zero remnants of an offensive line. Here's what I hated his first ever set of downs, they ran the ball right into the line of scrimmage three times, and then it was fourth and one. They QB sneaked him. Like, if we're going to have him out there, can we, like, Throw the I mean, ball. let's mix it up a bit. Yeah. Let's mix it up a little bit. I mean, Like, geez. why do you look so hesitant? I mean, I, I mean, if you cut a live bet, a run right after, on Kenny Pickett's first NFL play, you know, I mean, I'd have put the, I'd have put the 401k, you know, the IRAs going on there. That's my investment. I'll throw my life savings into first play is going to be a run, obviously. But could we push the ball down the field maybe on, like, a second and five? I don't know. Um, all right, Bills and Ravens, you know, we play the Bills next. Steelers do down 17 come back in the rain in the in the muck against Lamar and the Ravens in Baltimore that's an impressive win for a team that hasn't been able to win close loved every single second of it um it was it was really good especially because that was our split our main one and the first one that was really coming up so I was like ah I loved watching them and I mean Josh Allen watching him work he once again put the bills on his back I mean rushing of course he did passing you know, the, the whole thing. Nobody else seems to be able to step up to his level and help out. That's what it looks like. So, I walked away thinking that, wow, damn, both these teams are really good. Yes. Right, the Bills are super talented and have more of the dynamic knockout punch. Kind of like the Chiefs a couple years ago where they can come back no matter what the deficit is. The score doesn't matter. They're always in the game. That's kind of their feel. The Ravens are kind of a more... Hey, we're going to run the football. We're going to be dominant on the lines of scrimmage. Yeah, but I think this... we're going to have Lamar make a couple plays for us. Not quite as good as Buffalo, but still a really, really good football. This team. is a bigger loss for Baltimore than it is a win for Buffalo because I think if you're yeah. Buffalo, you expect to beat a Baltimore, especially if you want to be a top competitor in the AFC. Right. So you kind of hope and expect to beat Baltimore, but Baltimore, when you're leading by that much, and seventeen, and yeah. you were saying before we came on. They're great running the ball. They should be able to possess their way to a victory yeah. if, if come third quarter, you know, right. it's late almost, third. It's almost like when you get an offensive coach, you expect the offense to be good the next yeah. year. Like Lincoln Riley at USC is insane because he's an offensive coach, right? I mean, uh, even Brian Kelly in, in LSU, right, that's college, but the same thing applies to the pros, right? Todd Bowles um, and his defense have been really, really good. You like, expect them to expected. fix the position. The side of the ball, yeah. right? 
well, the Ravens, their their thing is that they can run the football really well. I expect for that to be your strength, not to, for the be the reason you lose the game. Yes. You should be able to ice the game because of your run game. All right, Chiefs and Bucks. Um, I had two major takeaways here. The Chiefs are really going to be that good this year. I think their defense has improved, and they can actually run the football and give some different looks as opposed to sure. Tyreek Deep, Travis over the middle. That was their offense the last couple of years. It's a more diverse offense. It's a more sustainable offense, I would argue. And then my second takeaway is that I think Brady and them are starting to hit their stride a little bit. Sure. You give them a couple weeks against the Panthers and the Falcons to really get their confidence back, get everybody back healthy. Mm-hmm. I think they could be rolling here. Give them about five weeks. I wouldn't be surprised if they win four of their next five, and you look up and they're rolling here within a month or so. I just don't think it's going to match the Kansas City Chiefs this year. Like, oh, no, I don't think so. long-term yeah. outlook, yeah. I don't think – I mean, the Bucks are fine, but they're not showing me any signs of – that they can sustain it. Sure, I think they can get on a roll, maybe pick up a little bit mo- uh, of momentum and, you know, carry them through halfway point of the season, maybe into the, uh, around the three-quarters mark. But I don't see this roster being a type that can just sustain success and, well, make, a, and make a playoff push. Yeah, Even though it's a weaker right. NFC, I still think right. like, there's Philadelphia is very talented oh, in the insane. NFC. You're going to yeah. have to go th- – the road to the Lombardi this year from the NFC is going to run through Philly. I'm going to say that. Probably Philly, yeah. I mean, I would argue that uh, either Minnesota or Green Bay, whoever wins that division, will probably have a better record than than Tampa as well. So I, I'm with you. It's going to be interesting. It's an aging roster as well, so health's a factor, right? So yeah. like you said, later in the year, I'm not sure what they're going to be able to do. Those little injuries um, turn into his, right. Um, all right. Finally, we'll finish up um, kind of these these games here by talking. The Rams don't look themselves. Um, I think it's only the fourth time in Sean McVay's tenure there that. I don't know, maybe first time in a couple, maybe four years, something like that. It's rare, either way, uh, that they haven't scored a touchdown in a football game. Um, with Sean McVay as the head coach, Stafford is usually great in the fourth quarter. He had a pick and a, and a fumble in the fourth quarter, so that's unlike him. Uh, look, I get it. The 49ers have their number. They have a really, really good defense. That could be part of it, sure. But it just doesn't seem like there's coordination. Like, it seems choppy. We say all the time that, if you're truly a really good offensive team, it should look easier, right? It shouldn't be like pulling teeth to get down the field if yeah. you're truly a good offense, right? That's my problem with Denver. It looks difficult. Every yard is tough, yeah. and it shouldn't be, right? And so that's the same thing with the Rams right now. They look disorganized, and everything is just too hard to come by right now. Yeah, I agree. Um, I was fine with it, though. Uh, I was playing against Matt Stafford in fantasy. I needed him yeah. to not get 30 points. I think he got seven. Um, yeah. So... You know, that helped me for the week, but honestly, I was a little bit shocked. I mean, I don't think we've seen that offense play that kind of poorly. Just, yeah. and they, they had no life. No life. They, couldn't, they yeah. couldn't move the ball for anything. The San Francisco defense, I think, I don't even think they're as good as the Rams made them look. I think the Rams made the, the 49ers defense look look a lot like, better. Like yeah. a top five defense in the league. I don't think they're a top five defense in the league. Oh, I they, think they are. They you look don't think like so? It. I, I'll buy them. I'll buy them. You're top selling them. Top five? I'm buying that. I don't know. I don't know. I'd say but, top then, ten. I don't know top five. Well, so here's the good news, though, for the Rams. They have a really good coach, a veteran quarterback. They do have talent. They're certainly not devoid of talent. Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, you know, Cooper Cup, even Allen Robinson, who's talented. He's still finding his way. Van Jefferson will come back soon. I don't mind their offensive line, although it could use some work. I think more time together is going to help. Cam Akers, although he's fumbled a couple times, has talent. So, they can turn this thing around. Yeah, we'll see if they will. But you know, it's at the end of the day, they're two and two, and it could be worse. It could be. 
All right, well, I guess, you know, kind of a, a decent segue here. We have the Rams in our top 10. So let's go ahead and get into our top 10. We'll start with 10. I, I think at 10, you got to have the Bengals here. Look, they started slow. Joe Burrow didn't have a preseason, had surgery, you know, a couple weeks before the season starts. So I think you got to give them a second. Deep breath. I think they're going to be just fine. But I can't also put them higher because I've seen yeah. them have, what, like six turnovers in a game, and I saw them lose to Dallas in it a back of quarterback. It was ugly. Right. So we've seen some really, really good, some really, really bad. At the end of the day, you've beaten Mitch Trubisky, Cooper Rush. Um, I'm sorry, you played Mitch Trubisky, Cooper Rush, and lost to both of them, and then you beat Joe Flacco and kind of Tua, mostly Teddy Bridgewater. Though. So yeah. I can't put a lot of weight on the victories, but the offense is starting to click a little bit more. They need to run the football a little bit better. That's why they're not higher, I believe, because I think they're offensively better if they could and they seem run like more a, effectively. They seem like a team that's really going to compete down the like throughout the right. season. I mean, they seem very competitive. They're not going to be an easy uh, an easy out in any matchup, I would assume. So I yeah, mean, I agree. At 10, I feel like... If you're at least going to be in the top 10 of the power rankings, that's how it should be. Right, I agree. And at any given Sunday, basically, anyone in this top 10 should be able to beat almost anybody in the top 10. Exactly. I think Cincinnati could. At number 9, I feel the same way the Chargers here. Um, so, issues uh, are injuries, right? So, we're having some problems with our left tackle. Uh, Rashawn Slater is injured. Keenan Allen's out. Uh, Khalil Mack's hurt. J.C. Jackson's hurt. Joey Bosa. Like, they're top, like, 10 players. If you put them on a list, yeah. like, eight of them are out right now. It's not good. The good news is the first person on that list is Justin Herbert, and so he kind of makes all that go away a little bit. Yeah. And I think once they get healthy down the stretch, they're going to be a really tough team to beat. Um, I do worry a little bit um, about the, the Rashawn Slater, right? He will not be back. Yeah. A lot of them will be back, like Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson, Bosa, Keenan Allen, they should be back here within a couple weeks. I mean, he was the best piece on a really bad, on a really, really bad line. Yeah, right. And Corey Lindsley as well, the center, who's the other bright spot, um, has been hurt as well. So, you know, it, it, those guys, Rashawn will be out for a while. That worries me, but I think everyone else will be back and they'll they'll hit their stride. They'll be just fine. Yes. At number eight, you got to go with the Rams here. So, I, I still have to respect them and keep them in the top ten because you have Stafford, you have McVay, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald. Jalen Ramsey, at the end of the day, they are going to beat up on most of the league. The issue is that, I guess that's why they're at eight. They're not going to beat the top seven, right? On eight out of ten times, I don't think they beat any of the top seven teams. I just don't think the run game, first of all, is not consistent enough. And we know people think McVay is this spread them out, Cooper Cup, break records type of offense. That's not the case. No. Right? At its core, it's a power running game that feeds off of it. Um and they haven't been able to run the football effectively. No, and not being able to run the football is putting way too much reliance and and pressure onto a Matt Stafford, who is kind of proving it's not the best when he has to drop back like 50 times a game. And that's uh, you for need everybody. To, yeah, you need to keep that to, I mean, except for Josh Allen. Right. Um, and you need to keep that number somewhere around 25 to 30, hopefully. That'd be ideal. Um, but, I mean, yeah, they need more help running the football they are a very strong team and i like sean mcveigh in a lot of matchups but i mean you, you look up at the rest of this list and there's some real talent i mean especially out of the afc you see a lot of it coming up here so so let's go at number seven we'll go with the bucks now people might call me crazy right the bucks oh you know um they're they're really better than the rams like i don't know go unit by unit i think they're better almost everywhere right i think wide receiver when healthy call it a wash yeah right Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Russell Gage, Julio Jones, or Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, and Allen Robinson. Kind of a wash for me. Kind of a wash. Um, I think quarterback right now, Brady's playing better. 
I think in the backfield, it's certainly more stable. They're not turning the ball over at the rate that Cam Akers is, so I'd probably lean Tampa Bay. Um, the offensive lines are both banged up, both have a lot of new pieces. Again, call that a wash. And I think the defense of Tampa Bay is significantly oh, better. A lot better. I think the secondary is more it has more depth, right? Jalen yeah. Ramsey is obviously the best corner out of these two teams, but from a unit position depth-wise, you got to go with Tampa Bay. I think their front seven provides more pressure on the quarterback. So, I, yeah, I'll go with the Bucks right now. I think the yeah, Bucks like the beat Bucks. the Rams right now. Yep. I don't know. I think they run the football. The Brady effect, too. And the Brady effect, yeah. Got to throw that in. All right, number six, let's go with the Niners because I think the Niners run the football more consistently and have a a defense that's very, very close to Tampa Bay. Um, And I think the personnel on the outside is at least more stable, right? Like I said, Tampa Bay went healthy. Sure, they're they're loaded. When are they always healthy? Probably almost never, right? And so with the Niners, I get the offensive line and I get the playmakers. You know, with the Niners, or I'm sorry, with the Bucks and the Rams, it's kind of, I don't know, injuries. What am I getting Sunday to Sunday? Yeah. The Niners are consistent, and you got Kyle Shanahan. And so. you have Debo. And Debo's a freaking The plays major. that he's able to make, uh, just alone, the, the amount of value that that will add for you. Uh, the, yeah, the 49ers at six makes total sense. Yeah, plus I think Trent Williams, when he comes back here, hey, you know, I give him another three weeks. I don't think you have to rush him back. No. I think even without him, you know, say they miss him for another four weeks. Well, and they missed him this past week, so that's five games. Can you go three and two over that stretch? I'd rather have a more can. healthy version of him yeah. anyway, so give him the time. Right. I mean, you end up no five way. and four after nine weeks. He comes back, and you go on a little bit of tear. I mean, at the end of the day, I think the them and the Rams are going to be competing for the for that top spot in the division, for that, you know, not a not wild card spot in the playoffs, right? But either way, nobody wants to play the Niners down the stretch. No. Like, And they can go on the road and win. They've proven they can do it in the playoffs. So even if they have to settle for a wild card spot, get Trent Williams healthy for the back end of the season. Yep. Number five, we'll go with the Dolphins. Um, my concern is obviously if two is going to come back because in that system, two is really, really good. Uh, when they're running the football, they're able to bring the backers up, but they can still go over the top. So the safeties are back. They have that huge middle region to throw the football. We talked about this before. And two is excelling at it. Yeah. Um, so if he can come back within another three weeks, which I think he will, I, well, who knows if he should? I'm not a doctor. I have no idea. But if he will, I think he will, and they'll end up being really, really good. The defense is playing pretty well. Um, they've just been kind of killed with injuries, not only with Tua but some other places as well. They have a solid, a solid roster and, and the potential to do a lot this year. I like their weapons. Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill duo is insane, and that's going to give secondaries nightmares all year. But the biggest question mark is at the most important position with Tua. His quarterback, um, yeah. So this is a team well, to watch. That I mean, could probably drop. This but is again. The, through four weeks. This is like the most volatile stock if you're like looking at these teams. Because right. they have the potential to shoot up, but they could also just go through Plummet. the basement. Right, and so, yeah, yeah, keep your eye. That's a team that could drop yeah. quick. Uh, number four, let's go with the Ravens. Um, at the end of the day, I came away from their two losses thinking they're just as good of a team, you know, as the Dolphins and the Bills, right? Those are their losses. They're just as good, if not better, of a football team than I think they are the Dolphins and, and almost as good as the Bills. I just think they need to get a more consistent run game from people other than Lamar, and I think yeah. they will. Um, J.K. Dobbins is still working his way back from injury. Once he's back here in about three weeks, I think they're going to be just fine. And so far, their defense has played pretty well when needed in spots, and uh, and Lamar has taken another step forward like he does seemingly every year, so they land at four. Yes, and as long as they can avoid injuries and not go down the path they went down last year, they should be in a, in a good spot. I think that's the only thing that could plague them. Right. 
right, number three, let's go with the Chiefs. I think the only thing keeping them from being higher is I'm not sure I trust their defense and their running game all the time, but it's improving. Yeah. And Mahomes is making all these new pieces work. Andy Reid is always super clever. Um, and anytime Mahomes in the game, they have a chance to win it. So I think three feels about right. Yes. Number two, Buffalo. Because I think Buffalo has a better defense. Now, the running game is not great, but they have a better defense. And I think right now, if you lined up their top, the top three receivers on both sides, I think I'd take Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, right? I think I would take the the Bills' weapons right now. It's close because yeah. Mahomes is making it work. But from a pure talent standpoint, I think Buffalo is more talented on the outside. So that, coupled with the better defense, bumps them slightly ahead of the Chiefs, but it's close. Yeah, I think the defensive line has most... <laughs> has a lot to do with that. I think honestly, this game would come down to who's at home. I think that's I think that's where it is. If it's, I mean, if it's, sure. I mean, Arrowhead is like the most. It's the hardest stadium to play oh, in on the road. And Buffalo is probably top five. And Buffalo has to be there. I mean, especially, especially if it's with cold. Bills Mafia. And if it's cold, oh my god. Um, all right, number one. I think you probably guessed it, the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. Here's the thing. They are looking good. It doesn't look like what you're used to, right? It doesn't look like spread them out, throw it deep. But every time you look up, they're putting up 30, 35, 40 points. Yep. They're wildly productive. Jalen Hurts is a fantastic leader. They have a really solid defense. Veterans up front. Yep. Good, young, feisty guys in the secondary. you got decent linebackers that can go sideline to sideline. I think their running game is emerging outside of Jalen Hurts, which is huge. That allows him to take a step back, pass a little bit more, run situationally to keep defenses off balance. Yeah. I think it's a fantastic football team. I think it's really, really good. It's it, it it's the best out of the NFC. I would oh, say. that's that's easily. So yeah. I mean so, I'm excited to see what that's gonna do. So I know people are gonna throw there's about four teams that I can hear I can I can envision us getting hate for not having into it. So let's just address it now. <laughs> the Vikings, for example. I think the Vikings are at eleven, right? I think they're really, really close, but I worry when they have to play those good football teams, right? They're going to beat Green Bay early when Green Bay has a bunch of new receivers. Of course they are. Yeah. Right? They're going to beat Detroit. They should. Right? So then they're going to beat New Orleans, who is starting what, Andy Dalton at quarterback, right? But what happens when they go play Philly on the road, right? They look severely outclassed. Yes. That's not what we want. Um, the Jags, I can hear that argument. Yeah, I think I need more consistency from Trevor Lawrence in the offense. Point yeah. blank. Uh, the Packers, I know well, I'm going to hear it from gonna about be the a, Packers. That's going to be a big one. You don't have a top receiver. You have one way to win. All the teams, <laughs> 10, 10 through 1, have at least one way to win. Um, or, I'm sorry, at least more than one way. So, two plus ways to win. Uh, the Packers, you have to run the football and pray your defense hangs on for dear life. And at 14, the Cowboys, I don't know if the next... 12 weeks or so, you're going to have Dak Prescott at your quarterback, not Cooper Rush. Yeah. I have no evidence to tell me that that is a sustainable way to win. No. And their uh, their schedule gets terrible. Bold take, they're going to win, uh, win only one of their next six games. They're going to go one and five of the next six. They don't have what it takes to sustain the success. And that's our top 10 NFL teams. I like how we just went out and addressed, um, you know, the pushback before it happened. I'm yeah. Gonna... So I get, we'll put up the list here. We don't have our honorable mention, but we'll leave this list up until, until we go to break here. That way you can kind of kind of get a gander over it. I'll repeat it. We got the Bengals at 10, Chargers at 9, Rams at 8, Bucks at 7, the Niners at 6, the Dolphins at 5, the Ravens at 4, the Chiefs at 3, the Bills at 2, and the Eagles at 1. Guys, please come back. Third segment, we will have our predictions per usual um, we're both two and two now, so we're gonna need. I'm gonna need to rebound. Someone's looking to go ahead. Battling and, out, uh, and obviously we'll have our bets on a budget. Don't go anywhere.
what's up? We are back. It's the third segment. Uh, all of our predictions coming up for week five of the NFL uh, should be good. Looking to jump out ahead. Um, take my first lead. I tied it up. It's 2-2. Felt good. Two weeks in a row now. There it is. Put it right there on the Steeler helmet. Let everybody know. Perfect. Yeah, you it's a tough uh, day. will keep tough the tiara over on that side uh, of the desks for this week. And, um, you know, it, it felt good watching the whole thing. I couldn't wait to send you that text after after the tiebreaker hit for me. And I knew that there was no possible way that I could lose the week. And, um, yeah, sets up another good week of predictions for us, though. Tough day. Tough day. So, again, of course, we split on two. And we have another tiebreaker, which means I'll probably get screwed by it, but we'll figure it out. We'll roll <laughs> with the punches. Hey, um, I mean, look. I got screwed my that's a, true. a couple times already this year and Absolutely. my good plenty of times last year so I mean I think we're both we've both taken our lumps but yeah that's true. I need to get back in, into my winning ways so let's start out with the Thursday night game the Colts at the Broncos. We both like the Broncos here not convincingly, not convincingly, but I think the supporting cast around the quarterback and coach is better in Denver. Yes. And at that point I think that's I think that's why they win. Right? I think the defense is better. I think the Denver will at least be able to run the ball a little bit with Melvin Gordon. Um, it hurts losing Javante Williams, but I think they'll be fine. Denver over Colts by about a touchdown, I think. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I don't see the Colts really doing anything to – No Jonathan Taylor. Most to, likely no Jonathan Taylor either. So They're not going to put up points, and I don't think they're going to be able to really stop Denver's offense, even though Denver really hasn't been able to get much going. I, I, I mean, it's the Colts. I agree. All right, let's go with uh, Seattle at New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans actually fared by five and a half. They're interesting as they are one and three. Seahawks are two and two. Seahawks have been, you know, quietly going about their business. They're two and two. Um, we're both going to go ahead and take the Saints here. Yeah. I, I like them at home. I think that's huge. I think the defense of the Saints is pretty legit. I think they're going to be able to slow down. They have to slow down Geno Smith. But, I mean, that's the reality of it. He's been playing pretty well. I think they're going to be able to limit uh, the opportunities that he has to throw the ball down the field. So we'll go with the Saints there as yeah, well. Yeah, Saints. All right, the Falcons at the Bucks. I mean, both gonna take the Bucks in this one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the Falcons are fine. They're a fine football team, but I, I don't think they're Tampa Bay's level. No, this is our tiebreaker. Right? So this is our tiebreaker. Uh, I like Atlanta nine plus nine though. Atlanta's getting nine points. That's a lot of points. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a competitive football team. They're feisty. That's a lot of points. It's Atlanta though. I never really bet Atlanta, but it's been helping you out. So I'm going to take a page out of your book. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. And I mean, Tampa Bay, I, I don't think they have found their stride enough yet to be blowing teams out. I think they will eventually. This game ship. was two weeks from now. You know, I'd probably agree with you. But so you like Tampa minus nine. I like I'll Tampa. take Atlanta plus nine. I like Tampa minus nine. I'm jumping ship on the on the Atlanta thing. You have to know when to get into it and when to move out of it. This is a week where I'm going to move away from it. Fair enough. All right, let's go with the Lions at the Patriots. That's another one we're split on. You're going to go and take the visiting Lions. I see. I like the Patriots here. I trust Bill Belichick. I trust them at home. It doesn't really matter who's playing quarterback. They're going to run the football, play good team defense, probably get a takeaway, and think with Jared Goff at the helm, Belichick eats bad quarterbacks alive. That's what he does. He the anywhere from 16 down to 32, he's going to eat you alive for your quarterback. So I like my chance with Bill. Um, almost. Coaching uh, the page, the Patriots to a victory. I like the Lions here. Um, they've been playing really good, scrappy football now for the last four weeks. Uh, this last week, you know, lost a heartbreaker almost. So I think they have something to come out and prove this week, something to to play for. 
And plus, I mean, that team has just been improving and improving. And now they're getting to the point yeah. where they're they're putting up a good amount of points on offense. Uh, they can kind of... They just need a defense there, yeah. They really just need a defense. They need a secondary. Their, their pass rush is really good. Aiden yeah. Hutchinson has been playing out of his mind. And, and so I think my concern with picking the Lions, because I went back and forth, is that what New England's really good at, the Lions do really poorly. So there's big mismatches. They don't stop the run well. Patriots can run the football. It's gonna right? be interesting though. They, I, you know, they like to throw over the top. The Patriots have a good secondary, right? I just like the Lions, so I, I'll go Patriots there. All right, uh, Bears at the Vikings. We both like the Vikings here, with not a whole lot to be said. The Bears aren't a very good football team. Uh, Cowboys at the Rams. We both like the Rams here. I think the Cowboys kind of. It was that's that's a fluke. I'm sorry, that's a fluke. Winning those three games. That was an easy schedule. I mean, that was not. That's not legit. I mean, that's not. If we actually think that that's a legit football team, just because. Um, let's see, who'd they beat? Oh, I don't want to favorite them. I just want to see who they beat. No, this website. Either way, so what, they beat the Giants. Um, they beat Joe Burrow, which that's, I guess, somewhat impressive. And then who'd they beat? Uh, who else they beat? Either way, not an impressive schedule. Washington. There Washington, yeah. they play Not an impressive the schedule. Now they get the Rams and a bunch of other more difficult teams. I think they're going to get trounced uh, pretty convincingly. Yeah. All right, Eagles at the Cardinals. We'll both like the Eagles here. I think, again, what the Cardinals don't do well is stop the run and play good team defense, point blank. And the Eagles are going to run the football and throw over the top. I just that, That's it's the reality gonna, of it. It's gonna the be, Eagles are going to dominate. Yeah, I, I think this one can get out of hand really quick, too. I think you can look up by the end of the half and be like, yep, yeah, I'm, I'm turning this one off. Here's the thing. The Eagles are, like, relentless. And you know that Kyler, if he throws a pick or two, has a bad half. Body language can kind of get there. He can kind of be kind of check out for the rest of the game. I can see the Eagles dominating early and then that being a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's go with the Giants at the Packers. Uh, We'll both take the Packers here. The Giants, look, they played some decent defense, but at the end of the day, they're not going to be able to score points. I mean, and, pretty and, pretty honestly, the Packers have a good secondary, decent pass rush. And, I mean, ask yourself, Daniel Jones or Aaron Rodgers at the end and, of the day. And here's the thing. Who knows if Danny Dimes is even going to play? Who knows if it's Tyrod Taylor, Daniel Jones? They both got hurt last week. So, well, I don't even know who's going to be taking snaps under center for, for the Giants. So, it's the Packers at Lambeau all day is the side. Yeah. Um, the Titans at the Commanders. Another one we're split on here. You'll go with the Titans. I like Titans. I'm just going to go with the Commanders on a hunch, basically. I just – this is one where – they're one and three. They're probably getting pretty desperate here. Ron Rivera's probably feeling the heat. Same with Carson Wentz. You know, this is one of those must-win at home versus a pretty average opponent where they know in the locker room this is one we have to have. And uh, and a lot of times desperation can be the deciding factor in football games. So that's kind of how I'm gonna justify me taking the not very good football team in the Washington Commanders. Okay, yeah, I'm going with uh, with the Titans here. I like Derrick Henry. Uh, I like. Ryan Tannehill enough um, to, to beat the to beat the Commanders. Um, so, I mean, it just comes. I think, I think Tennessee is going to be able to at least Run. win the time of possession yeah. with in a Derrick yeah. Henry. Uh, just rely on the ground game a little bit. And plus, uh, Derrick Henry is starting on my fantasy team this week, so hoping for the most possible rushing yards there. Valid. All right, let's go with the Steelers at the Bills. We're both going to take the Bills. I just look. I, I like the move to Kenny Pickett, but going on the road to Buffalo in that defense is not a good spot. So, you know, we'll stick with the Bills there. Yep. Uh, Chargers at the Browns. I actually went back and forth. You were pretty resoundingly Chargers. I, I kind of came onto your side a little bit. I just know the Browns can run the football and make Justin Herbert watch more of this game than he wants to, which is the only way that they have a shot. Um, but I will take the Chargers by, you know, we'll go with 
by about five. We'll go 27-22 Chargers. Okay, yeah. I like the Chargers. I mean, I don't see the Browns really pushing back against Herb too much right here. Fair. Um, Dolphins at the Jets. Also in back and forth on the Jets, too, because if Teddy Bridgewater starting, which he will, I, I don't love it. But at the end of the day, like Tyreek Hill said, I'm going to put up numbers with anybody. I agree with him. He will. So will that offense. As Teddy can distribute the football. He's yes. a pro. He can figure that out. I mean, I have no doubt that he can distribute the ball to the playmakers and they can yard after the catch their way to victory over the Jets. For sure. Uh, Texans at the Jaguars. We both like the Jags here. I, They're rolling. They're yeah, rolling I mean, a yeah, bit. one loss a, at Philly. That's not a... The, against the best team in the NFC yeah, right now. Like, come on. Like, that's not a knock. Um, I think the Jags are a much better football team. They have significantly more talent, So, and, and I like their coach better, Doug Peterson. Yep. So at most levels, they're better than the Texans, and I'll take the Jags. Yep, I'll go Jags. Panthers hosting the 49ers, um, but like the San Fran here, they have a better defense. They're going to run the football. Do we like Jimmy G or Baker better? We like Jimmy G better. Do we Jimmy like G Shanahan or Matt Rule better? We like Shanahan. I mean, you tell me where the Panthers have an advantage. They I don't. can't find one. They yet. don't. Uh, all right, Bengals at the Ravens. We're both going to take the Ravens here. If this was in Cincy, I'd have to think about it. But prime time in Baltimore, I think i got to go with the Ravens on this one. you got to take Lamar. You have yeah. to. And I, I am worried about uh, Cincinnati's defense. This is going to be a close this game. Is, this is the biggest test that they've faced thus far. Close game, but we'll both take the Ravens at home. Yes. And finally, another home team. The Chiefs hosting the Raiders on Monday Night Football. We both mm. like the Chiefs pretty resoundingly, I think. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll get into bets and, and how resoundingly we think that they'll win uh, coming up here in a couple minutes. But I, I think the Chiefs at home against the Raiders. Look, the Raiders, I don't know if they can stop anybody. I don't think so. And especially not Mahomes and a high-powered Kansas no. City offense early in the season. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So to review, we are split. Um I like the Pats at home. You like the the Lions going on the road and a little bit of an upset there. Um, I will take the Commanders at at home against the Titans. I think you know they're getting points too, so I, you know I, I like the Commanders. They're playing with house money a little bit, and I will take the Falcons plus nine, and you will take the Bucks minus nine as our tiebreaker. Yeah. So um, week five. Yeah, week five predictions. I guess the only thing we have left to do now is to kind of dive deeper into those spreads here with yeah. bets on a budget. So I, I think the first play here for the bets on a budget is uh, Seattle plus five and a half at New Orleans. So I I like New Orleans to win the game, but five and a half points a lot of points to get. I get that they're at home. I understand, but it's it's either Jameis Winston or Andy Dalton, and I. I get I get a Geno Smith on the other side, but still, like that's a lot mm. of points yeah. for a team that's not super potent on offense in New Orleans. So, yeah, I think Seattle plus five and a half. That's that's a very doable spread. If I'm getting points with a team that's putting up a lot of points, that feels good for me. Yeah, for sure. Um, Detroit plus three at New England. I know you like Detroit to outright win. I wouldn't mind them on the money line as well at plus one forty. But for this. For this uh, segment sake, we'll go with plus three at New England. Because I do think the Patriots have a chance to win. I even picked them to win. Maybe a little risky, but I think they have a chance to win it. Yeah. Um, but Detroit certainly getting points here is is a little bit crazy. I think I think they're three. If you can find them at three and a half, I'd love that. Um, but, I mean, Detroit, they're, they're number one in overall offense. I don't love that they're last in overall scoring defense. No, yeah, that's it's not great. Really bad. But uh but their offense scores, so if you like again, if you're getting points for a team that can score a lot of points, that's a, that's a good side to be on in the bet. Yes. Let's go with the Chargers minus three at Cleveland. So so Cleveland's dealing with some injuries up front. 
Um, their, their defensive line's not very good, to be honest with you. So I think LA's going to be able to run the football. Justin Herbert on play action is going to be good. I think they get Keenan Allen back. I want to say one of the big three on defense, either J.C. Jackson, Khalil Macker, or Joey Bosa comes back. They're getting a little bit healthier. Um, and Cleveland just lost to Atlanta. What uh, what faith do I have that Cleveland's going to pull this thing out? Yeah, not much. Not much. I think L.A. wins by about a touchdown. Um, Kansas City minus 7.5 um, versus Vegas. So they're at home versus the Raiders. So that's a, you know, a, a, nice a little over right a touchdown. There. That's a big spread. Yeah, it is. Especially for a divisional game. But the Raiders don't have a good defense. And and right now Patrick Mahomes will carve them up. Right, right. Their secondary's bad. Um they 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 cannot stop the run at all. So if they can hopefully get Clyde Edwards Alaire going a little bit, they have a chance to be able to run the football, establish the running game, throw off of it. And if you you know, Kansas City's already really, really good. If you can run and you still have Mahomes, oh my God. Yeah. You're almost unbeatable. Insane. Um so I think Kansas City Minus seven and a half there is good. Plus Mahomes against the spread in in you know early season, right? The first like six weeks is just unbelievable. Yeah. Um. So we'll we'll take Kansas City there. Finally, under forty three and a half in the Indianapolis Denver game tonight. Um. I guess maybe we should even lead with that, but I always like to save the props for the end. Either way, um. Under forty three and a half for Indianapolis at Denver. Again, not good offenses on either side. Jonathan Taylor is most likely going to be out. Um, game time decision, but most likely out. Denver lost their top back, and Melvin Gordon has had a fumble problem. They're not very good in the red zone. They're not it's, very good situationally on third down. It doesn't look great. You you tell me where the points are coming from. Like yeah, that <laughs> that's def- a pretty high spread. I I expected that to be more like thirty nine and a half, yeah. maybe forty. Um, so that's a higher spread than I thought for two not very good offenses. So I think forty three and a half under feels right. Yeah, it does. I don't know. Uh, we, right. got, we got some good bets. I mean, this is, I think, hopefully going to be the week we start getting on track. One and three so we, far we is just a little piss bit. poor. Yeah, it really is. Um, it's just embarrassing at this point. And, uh, you know, we we got to build some some damn credibility here. I know. We had, a, we had what, three and two two weeks ago. This we is getting a little get bit ridiculous. Up. I know. I know. I know. We'll and it's, so, to re, to re, you know, to go right back through these, um, Seattle at plus five and a half versus New Orleans. Detroit plus three at New England. Uh, the Chargers minus three at Cleveland. Kansas City minus seven and a half at, or I'm sorry, at home versus Vegas. Um, and under 43 and a half in the Indianapolis and Denver Thursday night football game. Um, short rest. Look forward to watching that, guys. That's about all we got. You got our predictions, our bets on a budget. Um, we're two and two in predictions. We're hoping. Yep. Well, I'm hoping. I guess you're hoping for you, whatever. Um, I'm hoping to jump out to a three to two lead. We'll see how it goes. Um, we're split on a couple. I feel good about my bets. How you feeling? I feel pretty good. I feel right. good. I feel good about the bets. Um, I feel good about my predictions, though. I, I'm going to take the lead back. So, you know, right. you, you held it for two weeks. That's fair. So, no, I, I I will jump out in front. I feel good about my bets. <laughs> Guys, go check out the TikTok, um, YouTube, all that good stuff. If you're, if you're on Spotify, if you're on YouTube, go check out Spotify. Just you know. Check out all the different platforms, Instagram, yep. all that good stuff. It's all going to be in the link tree in the description. That's about all I got. Yeah, it's everything we have here, guys. Come back next week. We will be predicting week uh, six and reviewing week five for you guys. So, guys, thanks for sticking around, and that was the issue.